Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 135 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. And this is Chris. <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember that you quote. You don't remember I, that quote. I haven't seen that movie. Oh, this is going to be rough. Yeah, this is going to be very rough. You, you've, you've given me some very interesting uh, some facts about... I guess you're a la who er <laughs> That one I do remember. You do remember that one? Okay. I remember that one. And, and, and the talk... Doesn't he, like, make his butt cheeks He sure does. Talk? He sure does. <laughs> and we're totally embracing it. I love it. I love it. Chris, how are you? I am well. Thank you for asking. We've had a bit of a eventful night this evening. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you had your mic the whole time. You know what? I forget one microphone and I get called out on the podcast for it. <laughs> it's okay. It's a good thing you live literally three minutes away. <laughs> it is a good thing. Yeah. It's it's all okay. It's all okay. Chris, um, today was your first day like back at work, you were saying. Yeah, but it's it's a semi-time. I'm not full-time back. Right. It's just because uh, you just got, got a project in for on. a couple weeks. Right. And feels good to be back. Yeah, it miss did. being home at the same time. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I know it's you know you're not with your kids anymore, right? But I can actually get my work done, which is good <laughs> for my job. No, I I like being at home though, but I am busy, so it's nice to get some things done. Did you have a um, change in your routine this morning that you haven't done in like a long time? Ooh, I had to um, get up and like get dressed before <laughs> you know in the morning. Yeah, in like clothes that I can go outside in. Right. And go into your work wearing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah true. Um, and get a shower in the morning. That's pretty much it. Did you have to wake up earlier in order to accomplish those things or later? Mm, I probably got up around the same time. I just had to not, like, just lollygag around. I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah, you know, when you don't have to leave, there's nothing yeah. holding your feet to the fire. Yep. In, in a sense. Well, I'm glad you're able to uh, to be back. If you if you venture out and do any new takeout foods, let me know. <laughs> Chris works in an industry where he's able to uh, get do, a lunch break. Get a lunch break. Yeah, That's more than that, twenty minutes. That lucky perk of lunch. Right. Exactly. As an educator, I do not. I mean, I have a twenty minute lunch, but in, when it comes time for me to like sign out and then get in my car to go get lunch, I'm might as well just turn around and go back. That twenty minutes, you can't do anything. No, it's tough. Yeah, it's really tough. That's why, like, I enjoy this week because this week's all half day weeks because it's the end of the school year. So I can uh, I can get lunch. Yeah, which would be nice. There's a Thai place I've been wanting to get for a while, but they're closed on Mondays, so I'll have to wait. Oh, okay, you can try that out tomorrow or another day. Uh, I think I'm going to try to have leftovers tomorrow, <laughs> Thai on Wednesday. <laughs> Planning out your meals. Now I do have to brag a little bit though because my school has a food truck. Oh yeah, that's true. You yeah, I don't feel bad for you. So you you text I, me I, pictures of your amazing lunches all yeah, the time. Yeah, I do. So I don't I don't get to go out a lot, but we do have a food truck, which is really nice. They serve it like twice a week, which is pretty cool for the staff and the students, which is nice. Yeah, and I guess it's usually a lot of fried food, so you're probably slowly killing yourself. I probably it. am. It usually is like chicken tenders and uh, corn dogs or or something along those lines. But hey, now this Saturday though, I am excited that you and I are going to go to that that exotic meat place. It's so funny. That's what you call it. Well, I know it's so called Tony Beef. You but... actually invited me to the grand opening of a comic book store. That's right. And then also to get lunch nearby at a place it's like right Tony next Beef. door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would call them a specialty burger restaurant. <laughs> but they do have they do have some uh, exotic meats. That is very true. Camel burgers. You've had yeah. you've had the They've camel had, burgers or I've I, I did. I think I had. Oh, I forget. Yeah. I think it was camel. Yeah. So they they have like your standard like beef. And then they branch out into like you know a little bit different, but not crazy like pork, uh, bison. Right. And then you get into like your alligators, your your camels, your ostrich. Uh, what else? I don't even know. 
I'll have to see what they have this uh, this this Saturday. I think I might want to venture out a little bit to try. Yeah, I would say I mostly like this place for their toppings though, because they have such a good selection of toppings, like bacon jam, like seven different good. cheeses. It's good. I'll say the only thing I shouldn't say the only thing, but the big thing that sticks out in my mind from when we had it last was their tater tots. Oh, they were yeah, they oh were good. They God, were very they're, crispy. They're very tater crispy. That's how, that's how I like it. Super good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Welcome to talking food. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. It'll be cool to uh, not only get some great food, but that new comic shop. Well, it's like a, a second branch of a local comic shop. Yeah, they're, they're opening up, so we want to go out and support them and, and see what they have. So yeah, it'll be it'll be a good time. Uh, so Chris, before we get into today's episode, we have some poll results or some poll updates. We can call it. I can't read it from here, but it looks lopsided. From uh, you are uh, running away with it right now. With the poll results. So uh, in our previous surprised. episode, we had Minecraft Steve going up against Daniel Rousseau <laughs> from Lost in Man vs. Wild. And currently, as I mentioned, Minecraft Steve, who was Chris's choice, is winning 80% of the vote to 20% of the vote for Danielle Rousseau from Lost. Now, we have some good feedback from our listeners here. One uh, listener wrote in saying, I think they both survive, but Minecraft Steve does it better. He'll be building horse stables, etc. When the man in black shows up, he is like, quote, you got a nice body. Mind if I possess it? Unquote. And Steve digs underground and hides. <laughs> man in black goes all smoke monster. Can't find Steve. This continues for a few more episodes until finally Steve has built a diamond sword and just one shot at the man in black. He has killed the second greatest villain in lost history. Uh, parentheses. Still can't conquer the greatest villain. Confusing plot lines. And parentheses. <laughs> he builds a small paradise on the island, slowly builds a pier over the water that, over the next six seasons, eventually reaches the mainland and allows him to escape to freedom. At this time, Danielle steps into frame for the first time and follows the pier to freedom, too. So, <laughs> she survived, but smartly avoided all contact with the weird black, uh, with the weird block man running around for so many years. So I guess this is a tie, but Steve gets the win. Sorry, that's confusing. Minecraft Steve gets the win. <laughs> I love that. I think that 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 that's like it's a perfect summary. I think that's better than what we did. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna say it, but it is. It's so good. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I'm rooting for Danielle Rousseau myself, but I mean, she probably would just hide and you try to survive. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the argument you made. She's right. a... She would survive, and and yeah. and he did admit that. He said they would both survive, but he would probably get off the uh, the island first. Someone else wrote in saying, Minecraft Steve can craft a tool that can create endless fire with a piece of iron and some flint. So Steve definitely takes the win on this one. Uh, another person wrote in saying, okay, there is no way Steve loses. For one, he can lift a calculated 831 million pounds and can run at a speed of 12 miles per hour. Also, he can break a tree with his bare hands in a matter of seconds. Also, he can survive up to 19 arrow shots to the head with no visible damage also you can die from lack of food i rest my case that person sounds like they know minecraft they know their minecraft they they do i didn't even say also if i if he dies he just reappears and it's not like you have like lives right yeah unless you're playing like hardcore then you just die for good but oh we really didn't, we didn't specify you can't, uh, <laughs> worked out in your in your case there uh, man, we are we're getting some great feedback from the listeners. Great analysis. I love it. We have the best. They're, they're we have the best fan. listeners. Oh my god, really? I love it. I always I always love checking in throughout the week to see what people write in. It just it just brings a smile to my face and makes me smile. So uh, thank you so much to everybody who took the time, especially the I don't know which listener this has been, but the, whoever whoever is writing these great novels, this like fantastic, who would win fan fiction? Yeah, I have a suspicion. You of think who so? It is, yeah, I'm not sure. All right. We need to like compile these into like a novel or something like that. They, it's an it's an accompanying novel that goes along with the podcast. Maybe we can record a weekly podcast to talk about them. About the these. Yeah, it's called about the stories. It's called Who Would Write? And in parentheses, Ooh. this review. <laughs> and then we could like dramatize it. Mm -hmm. You know, we could take we could take the, the, the our characters and then we'll just tell the story. All right. Sure. So, as I said, thank you so much for taking the time to write in for that. Uh, Chris, you ready to get into today with today's episode? I'm ready. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about this week. I'm excited. 
Uh, so remember, if you have any ideas for any ma future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send us an email at whowouldwincast at gmail.com, and please consider checking out our website, whowouldwincast.com. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, even though they just updated their app and it sucks. But it still helps us spread the word about our show, and we'll give you a shout-out read live on the show. Chris, what are we talking about today? Oh, we got a great one. Well, a fan suggestion as well. That's right. Coming from listener Paul Dewey. Uh, here's the scenario. Indiana Jones without Indiana Jones. Yes. Which... Who do you replace them with? Yeah, because this is an argument that has been made many a times. It has? Well, not who would you replace him with, but Raiders of the Lost Ark with Indiana without Indiana Jones Were there is any, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Did they try to like cast anyone else before Harrison Ford? They did, actually. They were trying to get uh, Peter Selleck was oh, actually yeah, pretty much a go. Um, didn't he even film some scenes? I don't think he did, but he was too busy filming, I believe, Magnum P.I., and he uh, left. And if I remember correctly... Spielberg and Lucas were both hesitant to go with Harrison Ford only because Lucas had worked with him for Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and also American Graffiti. So they were afraid he was going to start turning into kind of like his shtick of just always casting the same guy. Oh, but, well, I, I mean, mean, worked out. When the end, shoe fits. Yeah, exactly. The fedora fits. Good one. So this past Saturday uh, turned out to be the 40th anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark. I did celebrate accordingly. Allie and I sat down and we watched it and love every second of that movie. And um, so so uh, Paul suggested that there's this talk amongst the fandom that Indiana Jones is a pointless character, that you could remove him from the movie and it doesn't change because at the end of the movie, the Nazis still get the Ark of the Covenant or they get it and then they all die. I strongly disagree with that argument. We could talk a little bit about that, too. And then that kind of leads into, all right, well, let's say he is a useless character. You replace him. Who would you replace him with? And what could it possibly do to the story? Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think he's a useless character. Okay. But what, I've, what I'm trying to say is, you know what? Let's save it for the end. Let's save that for the end. Okay. Because I don't want to get off on the wrong foot where we're just mad at each other. <laughs> for this we'll keep it light all right and then we'll get and into we'll get the, we'll get into a little depth about that yeah. towards the end about that okay fine that's that sounds great so which character let, let's light it up with your character then. yeah so definitely we, so we take indiana jones out of the movie yeah it's still the basic plot like yeah sure the nazis are going after the ark of the covenant it's mm -hmm. in egypt somehow our characters get involved somehow. in searching for the ark of the covenant mm -hmm. and then the plot uh plays out so you're yeah, going when with. you texted me this premise one character popped in my mind immediately. Yeah. He's a great detective. He he is tenacious and he's very funny. And it's uh <laughs> Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> Going for the Ark of the Covenant. Yep. But mostly and uh, there's also gonna be an animal subplot of who killed that monkey. Oh remember when uh, <laughs> remember when that monkey <laughs> eats that poison date that yeah. India was supposed to eat? Yeah. 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 Ace would not let that rest. He'd be like, someone will pay. So he's going to avenge the murder of he, that monkey. He will kill every Nazi if he has to. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now. That monkey, I believe, is a Nazi monkey. It was. That's why you don't feel too bad for the monkey. Right, because they like the, the, but, the monkey gave the salute. But like monkeys aren't like – that so monkey wasn't born a Nazi. He didn't know what he was doing. He was, yeah, he was, he was uh, just manipulated and brainwashed. Weren't most of the Nazis. Most of the know. Germans, it seems. Anyway, okay. So, Ace Ventura, right? Yes. Do you remember the movie at all? The first one? Somewhat. All right. Uh, somewhat. I, re I remember the loser. It's so good. The, the butt talking. Wait, do you, so, do you remember anything about the plot? Wait, is this the one with the Miami Dolphins? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, Dan yeah, yeah, Marino's yeah. in it as himself. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The Dolphin is Snowflake. Wait, did someone, like, kidnap the Dolphin? Yeah, someone okay. exactly kidnapped the Dolphin. Yeah. Not just anyone. Ray Finkel, former Dolphins uh, <laughs> extra point kicker who missed the game-winning uh, kick in the Super Bowl. So actually... This is starting to come back now. So, so interestingly enough, um, this movie uh, features a trans character. 
and is very inclusive. Yes, and I forgot about that. Says that trans people can also be murderers. I forgot about that. Cause isn't there's a there's an interesting scene where like they pull down the pants or something, right? Uh, he <laughs> he takes off her like shirt or something. Okay, but that's that that actually doesn't give anything away. She's like through the transitioning process, right? So right. It's interesting. It's like there's probably some jokes that wouldn't hold up today. Right. Yeah. But for the most part, it's just a thing that happens and. Yeah, because you don't want to make light of somebody going through that transitioning process. But you said this came out, what, 93, 94? 1994. So, unfortunately, you know, it's kind of different times than today, whereas that would be seen as offensive. Um, and obviously, it was yeah. offensive back yeah, then, but it just worth, wasn't as popular. It, it's, I would say it's probably not that bad. Like, a few off, off-color jokes, maybe. Right. But you really, mean the movie but, as a whole is not that bad? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an expert on the subject, but... Yeah. It doesn't... I mean, like I said, it's... I mean, it is important to the plot, obviously, because that's why the killer isn't isn't found identified. Until, yeah, but right. But there's not like there's no there's no like negative connotations or stigma. Or anything. I think that's kind of important with with any movies too. Is that you kind of have to look at them through the lenses of the time that they were created. Yeah, you know, and it, you really can't judge them through contemporary times. Like you can say that's not proper in today's world, but that wouldn't be made in today's world you know that like it wouldn't be said in today's world yeah. so it's not saying that it's okay it's just kind of saying it happened it may not be right but it's still happened. yeah and for what it's worth i don't even think that movie crosses that line that's good but uh that's for other that's for another, another right. debate yeah like you said this was in 1994 so i was telling you earlier i think this was jim carrey's first movie of 1994 next jim carrey movie that comes out in 1994 is the mask Next Jim Carrey movie that comes out in 1994 is Dumb and Dumber. That's mind-boggling to me yeah. that those three all came out in 1994. Because those are the three definitive Jim Carrey movies, I would say. I, I don't know about The Mask. I don't know. I, I guess it is. He really like got to be himself. I can't think. I mean, like Bruce Almighty comes to mind. That's the early 2000s. And then Batman and Robin, I think. That oh, was he, the was the Riddler, he was the Riddler. He was the Riddler. Yeah, he had some like Batman pretty Forever. good serious roles like... Um... Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's I don't know one. when that was. It's a good one. Um, me, myself, and Irene, right? Okay. Uh, and then yeah. um, Truman Show. Oh, that's Fantastic. true. I forgot about Truman Show. But he's just great. And I don't actually know what, I, what years those were. I don't know how much later they were. But in the following year, 1995, he does a sequel to Ace Ventura called When Nature Calls. So that came out one year later. So yeah. they really fast-tracked that into development to get that out. Yeah, Jim Carrey was pretty big after, after like, those were all – I think those were all good for his career, but especially um, – Dumb and Dumber, and this movie actually, I think, helped his comedic recognition. Uh, but anyway, let me tell you a little about the plot of uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, in case you don't remember. Sure. Uh, the beloved dolphin mascot of the Miami Dolphins is kidnapped, is dolphin-napped, in the dead of night. Don't know who did it. They have some suspects. They actually are blaming like a local like animal rights group. They uh they need to get to the bottom of this because the Super Bowl's in two weeks. They need them back. The players are superstitious. They don't want to not have their mascot. It might be bad luck. So they call in. They bring in the best pet detective they know, Ace Ventura. He does some investigation at the scene. He finds a small pebble in the tank, which comes out to be very important. But that's just because he has an eye for detail. He doesn't miss much. Uh, he starts interviewing suspects. He gets pointed towards the uh, animal rights group. Turns out that's just a red herring. Um, then uh, I think it's an employee of the, of the dolphins, like some other team, some other worker is murdered. Well, it seems like a suicide falls out of a balcony to his death. Uh, they're ready to rule it a suicide, but Ace says, no, no, no. Look, the sliding glass door is closed, but a neighbor heard a scream. Right. So he, and then he says, this is a, this is a thick double pane glass door. If this was closed, the neighbor would not have heard a scream. You can't hear a scream. You can't hear anything. That means someone pushed him off the balcony and then closed the door when they left. That's great deduction. Great observation again. It's interesting that he's called a pet detective because that whole situation, though very impressive as a detective, has nothing to do with pets. Exactly. Because he's a great – he is just – he's a good detective who happens to mostly help pets. So in the beginning, he's looking for a rare bird that has, like, a very expensive reward. 
Um, then he gets called into the dolphin's job to save Snowflake. But then he solves a murder and a dolphin kidnapping. And they kidnap Dan Marino at the end. <laughs> so he saw he saves him too. <laughs> so then he realizes that the police chief, um, I forget her for Ez, like Ezra Einhorn, something Einhorn, is actually the former uh, Dolphins kicker, uh, Ray Fingal, who's come back for revenge because he blames uh, Dan Marino for holding the football wrong. Man, or he blamed, now she blames. Right. Yeah, and, this, is, uh, this is this is this is really deep. This this conspiracy here that's good, that's been going on. Yeah, I, you know All what? One thing the they they didn't say the I assume you would need a team of people to kidnap a dolphin. And the way they kidnapped Dan Marino was he was filming a commercial where he was like pretend tackled by some football players, but they actually kept carrying him away and kidnapped him. So there were multiple people involved. And I don't remember if that's explained or not, but everything gets put on Ray Finkel. Yeah. But anyway, Ace Ventura solves the case. The pebble turns out to be a missing stone from a dolphin Super Bowl or I'm sorry, a championship ring. Okay. And uh, finds out. Einhorn has the ring with the missing stone, puts her at the location of the crime, motive, and the, all the witnesses that came when uh, she kidnapped Dan Marino. Now, this might just be nitpicking. I feel like a good detective would have noticed that that was a diamond, like <laughs> yeah. right away. Yeah, so I read that in the summary. They were calling it a pebble. Okay. And I, I don't know in the movie if you could obviously see it was some type of gemstone or not. Right. Maybe it wasn't a diamond. Maybe it was like uh a darker colored stone. I don't know. Okay. But he pretty quickly surmised that it was uh, from a it, Super Bowl ring. From that piece, yes. Yeah. He was actually checking everyone's Super Bowl ring he could from that, that team, that Dolphin. It's team. also good that in that kind of culture, everybody always wears their rings. Yeah, if I had one of them, I would wear that every day. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but it's like classic uh, Cinderella, just seeing which one fits the, the correct ring. Yeah. Even though it's only one, but you just got to find that missing one. And then, um, so next year, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, is the sequel. Uh, he he's he's solving a crime of a missing bat. Uh, I think it's an African tribe. Their uh, their their sacred bat is going missing. I don't know as much examples of good detective work in that one. It is the movie where I learned what guano is. Do you know what guano is? Please tell. It's bat poop. Oh. And actually, the bad guy of that movie wants to use it for fertilizer. That's his plan. He's going to start a war between these two tribes. By kidnapping their bat, so then he can take their land and make fertilizer from their bat poop. Hmm. Yep, that's his plan. But Ace Ventura saves the saves the bat, stops the war. Do you think Ace Ventura should return for a third? Would you want so, it? Like, if you heard Jim Carrey's coming back for Ace Ventura three, instant reaction. I'd be like, that's awesome. <laughs> but on the other hand, right? I don't know. So, yeah, Ace Ventura, uh, When Nature Calls, also has some, I don't know, I don't mind any of them personally, but some potentially problematic jokes that may not be uh, perfect in a contemporary setting. Uh, Specifically at the end, (laughs) the end, the end, uh, he actually has to run away from the tribes. He's just stopping, stopped from war because it's revealed that... um, I forget if it's the like princesses to be married or like someone in that family is, is no longer a virgin and the uh, wedding party is upset about this and okay. they have realized it was his fault and they they chase him. Yeah. That is yeah. a little, yeah. A little dicey in today's, uh... but he also uh, is birthed from a rhino in that movie. So pretty funny stuff. <laughs> Remember when he comes out of that rhino? All right, I forget why he was in a. It was, was like a say, fake. How did he get in? Okay, yeah. It was, it, he yeah, get in there and get birthed. I think out it of was it. for, for like spying purposes, <laughs> and he comes out of the rhino's butt. Oh my god! It's just classic Jim Carrey, you know. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was his shtick at that point. Just that slapstick comedy, whatever he has to do. Exactly. So imagine how funny and interesting it would be to have a detective like that, in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> He also is solving, trying to solve the puzzle of how do I find the ark, but he's also saving animals along the way and being very funny. So it would also be really funny uh, when it comes to like the Army Corps of Engineers or it was, no, not the Army Corps is the like military intelligence, whatever that show up at the college, you know, to, to brief Dr. Jones, uh-huh. whatever. So maybe instead of showing up at the college, they show up at like his business or whatever. 
and they're like talking to him about the arc because he'd probably be like i don't know anything about this but he's like but i'll learn i will figure it out i will do whatever i need to do yeah i was trying to think if there was like an animal hook to get him involved well the uh the arc does have two golden eagles on it so maybe that might uh draw him in and he doesn't know this but the well of souls is full of snakes yeah i don't think he has a problem with snakes actually he's his uh his animal he's afraid of is bats Okay. So he has to get over his fear. So that'd be more of a Temple of Doom thing when there's giant vampire yeah. bats are flying around in India. Yeah. Yeah, he he does he does kind of conquer his fears in when nature calls. Okay. But I think snakes are fine, so. Well, that's good then. Like, then he would have no problem going down in the Well of Souls. He'd probably be talking to all the snakes. <laughs> Can they communicate back to him? This isn't like a mm. uh, like a Doctor like Doolittle thing, right? I I don't know. So there is a scene in When Nature Calls where he like summons a bunch of animals to help him. Okay, including like a herd of elephants, like all kinds of animals come to help him. Right. So I mean, it is implied that he can talk to them and they can at least understand him. He also has a pet monkey in in When Nature Calls. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Is it's it's not a Doctor Doolittle animal speaking English scenario. Okay. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, I think him being in the Well of Souls would, like, that would be the best case scenario for that type of person. <laughs> like, I got no problem with this yeah, going down. Yeah, so many rare snakes. In right, there. like, and, and also, like, uh, when I just rewatched it, like, I totally forgot, like, Indiana Jones, like, lights half of them on fire. Like, he oh. covers them all in, like, gasoline and, and lights them up. Like, uh, Ace Ventura would, would never, never do anything along those lines. No, not at all. He would communicate with them maybe in some way, or he would feel them out and just kind of have them separate he would basically part the 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 well of souls in order to to walk through to get to the uh, ark of the covenant yeah i wonder what the jim carrey thing to do in that situation would be i'm not sure Maybe. he'd probably be cracking some jokes about the snakes and slithering around and yeah maybe hissing jokes or something along those I lines i also think it could be really funny to have in uh, ace ventura like interact with the nazis because he would just be like messing with them and like ridiculing them endlessly <laughs> And would they know it? Like, would they know that he's making fun of him? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Would it's... they? But they wouldn't be okay with it. Would they be at odds with each other? Would they see Ace Ventura as a threat as that he see Doctor Jones? Uh, I don't know because he's so silly. They're probably just like, this is some. This dumb... guy's just such an idiot. Yeah, and they're gonna underestimate him, just like everyone in Ace Ventura. And then he solves the crime. He solves. He saves the day. Now. Uh, the finding the ark involves some kind of either knowledge or learning about it. Do you think he would be able to if if he learn has some what clues, he needs? Okay, I think he will put the pieces together because I think I think he is a a smart detective. At the end of the day, he he's smart. Yeah, I think he'd have no problem. Like once he got his hands on the headpiece of the staff of Ra, he would have no problem figuring out that he needs to get that translated. And then once he hears what it says on it, he would be able to figure out exactly what he needs to do and and go down into the, the map room and, 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 and figure yeah. out where it's located. You can also picture Jim Carrey just like holding up that staff, like running around with it, <laughs> making silly sounds, <laughs> pretending it's his own head, making it talk. Yeah. Would he have a, how do you think he would work out with Sala? Is that John Reese Davies? Yeah. Uh, Oh, they they're they're a they're a classic like straight man funny man duo. Like they would just play off each other so well. This would be really interesting to see. It That's really what I thought too. It's like it's crazy, but like just crazy enough that it could also still be good. I remember when I texted you this idea and you instantly responded like Ace Ventura and I remember spo- responding back to you and I said, "I think we wanted to be a little more on topic." And then and then you were like, "No, I think it'll work." And I I totally agree with you. Because I think, totally I, think I answered that. Uh, what do you mean, like a great explorer slash um, puzzle solver, like Indiana Jones? And right. Like, that's kind of what Ace yeah, Ventura yeah. does. He's just a goofy, really, really goofy version of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he puzzle solves in the first movie, and he explores, does his exploration in the second movie. He actually becomes a monk in the beginning of um, uh, the sequel because, through an accident, he uh, I think he he let a raccoon perish in in like the himalayas or something like that they did a like kind of a spoof of the movie cliffhanger 
which was a Sylvester Stallone movie. I don't know if you've ever seen, he's like, he's like fingertip holding someone who's like hanging off the edge of a cliff and he drops them. Okay, yeah. So I think they spoofed that with a raccoon and then he uh, <laughs> couldn't get over the grief so he joined a like Tibetan monastery and became a monk. Did it help him? Oh, a little, Did but I know the grief? monks were definitely annoyed with him because they wanted him to leave to do the bat case. <laughs> we got bigger things for you to take on. So he does achieve enlightenment at the end, and he's able to um, wow talk to his like that's really impressive Buddhist uh, master on like the astral plane. Some Buddhists go through <laughs> many lives to try to achieve enlightenment, yeah. and he was able to achieve it pretty quickly. Yeah, they do that thing where he like wow. meditates, and then it gets all cloudy, uh-huh. and he like sees the other guy, and they talk to each other. Yeah. Now let me ask you a question, and this is probably one of the biggest things uh, in terms of surviving Raiders of the Lost Ark. Do you think he would have kept his eyes shut at the end of the movie? Uh, I, when they open uh, the ark or do you think he would have been like i no, gotta see what's happening no there's no way but i think he has to uh get the ark before that <laughs> like there maybe maybe so uh is oh it's last crusade with the tank isn't it yeah is there a tank do the nazis have a tank in raiders of the lost ark in their caravan uh no it's just a truck and oh, some cars okay so here's what it probably is then it's going to be an army of camels and other desert creatures <laughs> That he, he rallies to attack the Nazis. On, on the truck? Yeah. That, that'd be actually so pretty cool. So it's before they open the Ark. It's like the big climax is like the Nazis are getting ready. So he doesn't lose it. Does he? So he doesn't lose it? Like, like remember how they, they put it on the, the submarine and like the Nazis get it from the boat and whatnot? I don't remember that. No? So Indiana Jones, he gets the Ark. Yeah. And then he puts it on a boat. And then that boat that he's on gets stopped by a German U-boat. And then it's brought from the ship onto the German U-boat. I don't remember that at all. And then it's brought to an island, and then they open it on the island. Don't remember that at all. Man, it's okay. It's all right. I don't remember What's, a lot of it. What, what movie had this scene where someone hides in the back of a... They think they're hiding in a room, but it turns out to be a truck, and it just drives away with them inside. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that's uh, Last Crusade. Last Crusade. Yeah, that's, right. with, that's with Brody. Apparently, a lot of my memories are of that movie. Those two movies are very similar. Just replace Ark with Holy Grail. All right. pretty similar thanks for giving me that yeah yeah so i just want to pitch a really funny version of raiders of the lost ark that also has a great detective that solves the mystery finds the ark kills the nazis in a more humorous way okay and, so how uh, would he kill the nazis it's the animal attack oh it's okay the, so it's just the animal it's gonna attack. be like camels and scorpions and snakes and, and now he gets the ark he just takes it back to the united states he's just like here you go mission what, accomplished what would he, i think he i think he uh displays it in his in his uh in his office so then i guess he wouldn't tell the united states government that he found it because obviously I, they would take it i don't i don't know right it's not that important <laughs> to be honest like don't tell the government that yeah so you remember how i told you there's there's some scenes that like i don't know aren't that bad but are just on the edge of like uh what's appropriate yeah. so there's an early scene in uh one of the movies where he helps a woman retrieve her dog and then uh, in, in lieu of pay, accepts uh, sexual favors. Wow, so maybe yeah. that maybe he would trade the ark for something. <laughs> we'll let our listeners connect the dots to that thing right there. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Do you have anything else you want to add for Ace Ventura? And then I can get into. No, no. Let's hear your no. pitch. All right. So I'm looking at a character uh, from the Star Wars galaxy named dr afra and i and i believe you said you really weren't familiar with this never character heard of them ever and honestly my first impression was i don't like the name it's hard to say it yeah. doesn't roll off the tongue well okay dr afra i have to like i want to say it as like one continuous word dr I, I can't yeah it just doesn't feel right so dr afra um her full name is dr chili lona afra or lana afra i'm just gonna call her dr afra um she was first introduced in the darth vader comic from back in 2015 and um she is essentially uh an anti indiana jones and that's why they created indiana jones yeah so she's an archaeologist robs museums and hides things in the desert so not that but she's very uh (laughs) a uh she's an anti-hero Okay. In like the fullest definition of the word, like well, she, she works with Darth Vader to find artifacts. She is Sith uh, artifacts. Any kind of artifacts that she can get, she's gotten lightsabers. She's gotten holocrons. Um, I don't know if she's got any holocrons. The Sith love or their Sith holocrons. holocrons. I know they do. So do the Jedi. But remember also. when Indiana Jones destroys that like old library? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. So she, so that's the interesting thing about her. So uh, Indiana Jones. 
his big thing is uh, it belongs in a museum, mm-hmm. right? She does not believe that at all. To the point where actually in one issue, and I forget what it is off the top of my head, um, she basically says, like, it does not belong in the museum. Wow. To that's, play. A, that's a call out. It's a I've complete. Ever heard exactly. So what does she believe? It belongs to the highest bidder? Or so it, believe, it belongs to the highest bidder. Uh, and it also um, sh- it should be used. If it has some kind of power, some kind of potential, it should be used for what it is. Oh, she would That's... hate Raiders of the Lost Ark. The ending, they just lock it up in a box forever. Oh, absolutely. She'd be so. That's that. That's where this could be. This. That's where this could be really interesting. So, like I mentioned, she is a. Uh, she's an archaeologist. She did go to the doctorate program of archaeology within the Star Wars universe. However, you want to say that. Her father was also in that uh, field as well, so she was kind of inspired was by that. Was her father Sean Connery? Her father was not Sean Connery. Okay. Yeah, I actually forget what his name was off the top of my head. It, it's in the comics. But um, so she so she eventually gets her own comic run and because she was so popular with her uh, appearance in the Darth Vader comic. And she basically just goes on her own adventures, uh, working for Darth Vader sometimes. Uh, some spoilers I'll, I'm going to be talking about if you don't if you haven't read the comics. Uh, she eventually fakes her own death. Uh, Vader uh, tries to kill her, and he believes that she's dead, but she is able to stay alive, fakes her death, and continues uh, going through the galaxy looking for different types of artifacts. She also has two companions. She has a protocol droid named Triple uh, Zero, which is if you think of a C-3PO. Uh, however, instead of being gold, they're black. And instead of having lit up gold eyes, they have beat red eyes, and they're essen- they're essentially a um, a torture murder C three PO. That's essentially what they are. Yeah. That should be against his programming. Yeah. So that's the interest. That's an interesting thing about uh, about Triple Zero. So uh, in one of the early uh, comic runs with Doctor Aphra and Vader, she went and she tried and she succeeded in finding this thing called the Triple Zero Protocol Personality Matrix, which was basically a data chip that uh, was around way before the Empire and the Republic and the High Republic and whatnot, and it basically was this data chip that turned your protocol droid into uh, a murder machine, <laughs> and it was banned. But that's that's like a great example. Like so, she finds this artifact from long ago and it's something that she's not supposed to be using and instead of putting in a museum just saying hey this is something that was made we don't use it anymore she says i'm going to use this and i'm going to use this to my advantage uh besides triple zero she also has a astromech droid which is like an r2 unit uh called bt1 uh same thing but uh as like an r2 unit but it's a homicidal version of an r2 unit she likes so her killer droids huh? she really does she really does so she would have them with her uh, while she's uh, going through the events of Raiders of the Lost Ark, which could which could help Rouse, where you kind of have your your animals to help you, mm-hmm. she would have uh, a protocol droid, which really can't maneuver quickly and be agile like a camel or something along those lines. But uh, BT One can, you know, assuming they can fly, since R two units can can fly, uh, help her out like that. She would also probably befriend the Nazis. Because, like I said, she works with Darth Vader, which is essentially space fascists. And uh, she she knows that they're wrong. Like, she knows that the Empire's not right. But she thinks it's better than not having order or not having hmm. any kind of security in the, in, in the galaxy. So I don't think she would think that Nazis are good people. But she would be like, I understand what they're trying to to do in terms of control she would say okay i get i get how you why you're trying to do that so she would probably work alongside them but then she would screw them over later on uh throughout the throughout the events of raiders of the lost ark now with her being an archaeologist she would probably have no problem researching um getting this the the headpiece of the staff of raw finding out where it's located learning about marion ravenwood uh, finding the 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 Egyptian to read the, uh, she could probably just have the markings. Zero read it. That's true too, because they're fluent in six million forms of communication. Mm-hmm. Unless that's one of the languages that was banned by the the Republic. Like in the Rise of Skywalker, we learned that uh, the Sith language was was banned, but it's probably overridden by the triple zero yeah, security it sounds like matrix. You can do anything with that. Exactly. Hey, uh, let me ask you a question. How does she feel about sand? Is she okay with sand? 
Uh, I believe no, she's been to Tatooine, so right. she's fine. Yeah, she's been to Lars. She's well, maybe been to... did that make her hate sand though? Because it's rough, it's coarse, and it gets everywhere. That's so. true. That is true. Uh, I don't think she has any problem with okay, sand. Just checking. Yeah, yeah, I know that could be a big problem for uh, for some people. Yeah, some Star Wars characters really hate sand. Yeah, luckily Vader's not uh, involved <laughs> in this right now. Um, so, so the interesting thing with her though is basically the the big big thing is it comes down to the ending. I think she would close her eyes. But then I think like she would want to open it again. But that's the interesting thing with the arc is that we only ever see it opened once. We don't know if that would happen every time you open the arc. <laughs> you know, there's so many. I agree. So many questions about how the arc works. Right. Never explained. So that's why when I was a kid, I was so mad when they boxed it up. I want to know so more, so much more about there's it. So much more about it. You have no idea. Can I you... ask you something else? Sure. So she's a, she's a, a universal traveler. Traveled all throughout space. Yeah. You think she would would believe this arc is just a hokey religion, uh, hokey fairy tale that you know some Loaded, little like see what you're dirt planet made up? And no, I don't think so. I, I don't think so because she does acknowledge like the Jedi Order that they existed. She has uh, gone on research missions with her dad um, to old Jedi temples. So that kind of stuff, I think she doesn't think is a load of. Uh, nonsense okay. yeah whereas i'm like you said i'm sure do you think ace ventura would think that that was nonsense like this this arc that has uh the the original 10 commandments inside that allows you to communicate with god i don't know i i, I don't i don't think he would care i think he'd just be like this is the box i'm helping you find but i really <laughs> need to solve this monkey murder <laughs> yeah I'm, i don't think there's, i'm trying to think of any other animals that get injured and i well, you said the snakes. The snakes. Uh, I don't think I, I can't think of any. There, like a couple, like horses fall. That's down. That's what I was going to ask you. Are there any horse? Yeah, horse some attacks? horses fall down, but I don't think any, any, any die. Yeah, you I couldn't know. think of anything else. Yeah. So I think it'd be really interesting to have Doctor Afra go it, about that. It'd be interesting to put a space space spin on on Indiana Jones. Yeah. Kind of futuristic character there. She she's she she has the ability to uh, drive craft. She has her own spacecraft, which I'll talk about in the fun facts. Uh, Say that for the end. So I don't think she'd have a problem trying to like hijack a truck. I mean, you can't just say because you can drive a spacecraft, you can drive a truck. But there's probably some overlap. She, I'm in terms sure of... she let her robots drive it. Yeah, that's true. Right. So BT one or triple zero. If you're gonna put her in this movie, are you gonna up the technology on the in in, in the movie itself? Like, are you gonna you gonna bring it a little? futuristic uh, overall or is she just going to be a future person with robots in the world of indiana jones i think i think the latter i think she'd be a futuristic person within the world of indiana jones okay. that just feels unfair she's just like the nazis are like oh we got you and she's like no i have these robot droids that can kill you it's not, it's not fair i mean I, I don't know what it would what what would be uh, more advanced. Yeah, sure. Technology. They're, they're space Nazis. They're uh, some of them are robots, oh. half cyborg cyborg Nazis. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Do they have like teleportation? Because at that point they could just beam out the arc, and we don't have to like have chases. Uh, no, they like don't that. have that. Okay. Uh, they want to use the arc to um, take over the moon. Was <laughs> that throwing, Iron Skies? Isn't that what that movie's out. called? Oh, that's already a thing? I think they're – my student was talking to me about this the other day because we just finished learning about World War II before the end of the year. And my student was saying that there's this great movie on Netflix. He goes, I'm pretty sure it's not real. He's like, it's like based on conspiracy theories. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, what are you talking about? And he goes, there's this movie where, like, the Nazis are on the moon. I'm like, yeah, it's not real. But <laughs> – that's what they want you to think. What that's if they what, exactly. what if they did make it to the moon? It's the man trying There's to a yeah. secret Nazi base up there. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess it would be interesting to see like a. I'm just okay. Just, up, give, like a, just give a couple Nazis a blaster rifle or something. Okay, I, I'd be fine with that. I think that I think that could up the ante a little bit too. And they get one robot. Each Nazi gets one robot, or they just no get a overall robot? like just like one robot. And it's that it's that one uh, with the needle from. Oh, they get uh, uh, New Hope. Uh, yeah, I forget what that thing's called. Yeah, I know what you mean. Cause that seems like a Nazi robot if I've ever seen one. Oh my gosh, it's got that needle going around, just yeah. poking people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that thing's terrifying. 
when I was a kid, I was always like, what's going on there? <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. It was a that. big needle. That was a huge needle. That was a huge needle. So if Dr. Afra was able to get the Ark, she would want to study it, and then she would probably be the villain in the sequel because then they would probably have to stop her from using the Ark uh, from getting out of hand and everything. Yeah, like, can you harness its powers to kill people that's, who open That's it? the interesting thing about the Ark. We what don't if you know. just crack it open a little right, bit? Right, do all those ghosts still come out? Just one little open? ghost to kill one person. See, I would say... N- I would say no because they open it and they're touching like the sand that's coming out of it. Remember, and it's not for at least a couple minutes. Then the ghosts start coming out. So if you just cracked it open a little bit, I don't think you would have that happen immediately. Yeah, yeah, you're safe. You can take a peek. You can have a yeah. Take a quick peek. See what's inside. What if you do that and you take some sand out? Is it magic sand? I don't know because they they kind of throw one of the Nazis like in frustration throws it on the ground oh, oh i wonder what happened to that and a little bit frustrated sand it. yeah you know i had a weird thought i was like what would happen if you ate that sand i don't know why just thought of it could you imagine if uh you know dr afra she gets it she shows vader she's like hey i got this 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 thing right <laughs> oh, and then no. she, and she opens it to shows him and he's like no no he, that would be the funniest joke <laughs> to bring him just a, a box of sand that's why he wanted to kill her. He, that's that's why like, he. This that's isn't what... funny. Who told you to do this? Because <laughs> the only person who knows about that is Padme. Wow, is that yeah? Wow, Obi Wan might know. So there is, uh, unless Padme told him, because Padme was the only one that was there. Unless he also told him, like I mean, maybe instance. he complains about Sam. <laughs> it sounds like he does the way he talks about it. <laughs> there what there is a a part of this comic which was interesting, where um, Vader hires Doctor Afra to go to Naboo. And to find the mortician that prepared Padme's body during her funeral. And Dr. Afra is able to get out of that mortician that she was pregnant. Or no, that she had already given birth at that point. And she tells Vader that she had given birth. So that's in an instance where he's starting to figure out that he has uh, an offspring that he wasn't aware about before. Which is kind of interesting. Uh, in, in that comic run that is kind of interesting yeah so if uh if anyone out there they uh, your local library should have uh access to an app called hoopla i don't know if you guys have used hoopla no nicole might have used hoopla maybe for like book club or yeah, something she like might. that I don't. um they have all the dr Afra comics on there for free they have a ton of the the, the star wars one but tons of comics in general for would free. you recommend them so i haven't read all of them i read the first six issues i believe of afra and they're good. They're 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 a little different, just because there's you haven't really had a character like this before in Star Wars. Um, I think they're pretty cool, though. I enjoy them. It sounds interesting. I, I like a unique character like that. Yeah, there's uh there's there's some people who want a live action Disney Plus Doctor Aphra show. They think that that would be that would be pretty cool. And and the big fan cast right now is uh, Chloe Bennett, who was uh basically one of the stars of Agents of Shield. She played a character called Sky aka quake uh and she's also got cast in the um the uh live action powerpuff girls show on the cw that that they're doing i think she's playing the red one whichever one that is blossom blossom yeah i think she's playing blossom i I think you're right because buttercup's green and bubbles is blue okay my sister was a huge fan as a kid um yeah so uh that's that's what some people have been saying with uh with dr afra do you think you'd make a good disney plus show I think so. It'd be interesting. Would they just do new adventures or would they adapt what has already been done? I guess they'd probably do new adventures. Yeah, they seem to like to do new stuff. Yeah. Just pull some inspiration from existing. Yeah. Yeah. Most of her stuff right now takes place between episodes four and five. I don't think much of it, if any of it, has gone past like Return of the Jedi or into Return of the Jedi yet. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing that anybody would be interested in. Yeah, I was thinking that because. Like, you could go pretty dark with it, it seems like, the fact that she's working for Darth Vader and doing, quote-unquote, bad stuff. Correct. But I wonder how far they're going to go. I don't – the Book of Boba Fett. I don't know what direction that's going to go. Like, is he, like, a reformed bounty hunter who, like, wants to, like, be, like, a – bring peace to uh, – or is he still on Tatooine? Is that where he is? I think so. I mean, you, you assume he might where, travel. where just it ended, the, yeah. Just because he seems to take up residence in Jabba's palace. I did see something that said a report uh, that – 
the the show's going to go into what he's been doing post Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. up into the Mandalorian. So that's five oh, years. So we're gonna we're, yeah. So maybe we'll see him like claw himself out of the Sarlacc pit, perhaps, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so yeah, I, I guess I was thinking if I was going to make this show, I would I would soften up her. Uh, maybe her her views a little bit to be a little more uh i don't even know i guess you can't change too much without really changing her character so i guess you can't really do that yeah this would be yeah exactly this would be hard to to pitch to get the people to really get behind because we really haven't had a star wars anti-hero show yeah i couldn't i can't think of any before i mean some people might make the argument that boba fett is kind of an anti-hero yeah, that's why i say i think he could be i don't know the direction his show is gonna right go. exactly I mean, seeing him in The Mandalorian, he definitely seems like he's more on the side of a hero now. I, I agree. But, I mean, he did kill Bib Fortuna and establish himself as the, the, the new yeah, power broker. Yeah, at one point broker. he was like a ruthless bounty hunter. Right, exactly. But he seems to now be pretty nice. Yeah. Just helping just, babies. Just helping, helping babies and... Getting his armor back. Yeah, exactly. Which he deserved. I wonder if someone would say that Han Solo is an anti-hero. Maybe for like two seconds. And, but he's really pretty much a classic hero. Yeah, I, I would say his arc is that of someone who doesn't want to answer the hero's call, mm-hmm. but uh, accepts it. I agree. And and is for the better. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. So so let's let's wrap up real quick. Um, we kind of mentioned this a little bit at the top, talking about Indiana Jones. And oh right, and him as yeah. a character being not useless to the plot, but. It's it's been discussed and it's been popularized, especially in the Big Bang Theory, that if you remove Indiana Jones from the movie, nothing changes. Um, now you and I kind of talked about this a little bit last week. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on that? See, I think the way you present that is like, of course, a ton of things change. It's totally different if you remove Indiana Jones because you don't. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love the movie. It's yeah. fantastic. There's so many cool things scenes with Indiana Jones, and it's great. And it's one of my favorite movies. But I, and I would never say that nothing changes, but I would say that the, in my personal opinion, the ending undercuts some of the tension of the movie that, because ultimately he failed to stop the Nazis from getting the Ark. Right. And then also basically makes a movie where the hero didn't save the day failed but then kind of got lucky that that they all killed that he knew to shut his eyes yeah so that that's how i would word it i guess that it undercuts some of the some of the significance of the tension and uh it just i would prefer it if uh the hero saved the day because that's how i like my movies i see what you're saying now yeah because yeah he really because at the end of the movie he he doesn't they all they all just die due to their own like you said he knew he figured out to close his eyes that was like the the thing he figured out there was like there was a deleted scene uh, in the movie where that Egyptian uh, historian that he's with, apparently there's more information on that headpiece of the staff of Ra that says something about not looking into the, into the direct power. But one thing I, when I, cause when I rewatched it the other day, I said to myself, I really want to follow it piece by piece and not say if he was gone. Cause obviously you wouldn't have a movie if sure, he was gone. Sure, yeah. But one thing I did think that I think is really important is that, he's the reason the whole headpiece thing comes into the movie in the whole perp in the whole uh, in the whole point because he leads the nazis to the headpiece in nepal mm-hmm. and if they never followed him there they would never have known where the headpiece was they knew that uh, a ravenwood guy had it they thought it was abner ravenwood but in reality his daughter marion had it and if if he never went there, they never would have gotten it. If they never gotten it, they never would have found the same location. Now, maybe by blind luck, would they have dug and eventually gotten it? Possibly. So, kind of, do you think without Indiana Jones, the Nazis never found the Ark? Uh, not that probably, quickly. Probably. They they. I mean, they probably would have. I mean, sometime who, who in the knows future. How long would they have had to look for it? I mean, they they would right. have had infinite time. It's kind of like um, I think of like that movie Holes. You ever watch that movie? Yeah, read the book. Yeah. You know, like eventually they they found the the thing that yeah. they were looking for. You know, it was just only a matter of time it was going to happen. Yeah, so the desert's pretty big, though. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would say even if so, even if that happens, then the Nazis never found the Ark. That's not that. 
fundamentally different from the ending of the movie, which is like they find it, but they all die. And then no one has the Ark because it's in a warehouse boxed up like most, you know, fundamentally no one has the Ark at that point because no one knows about it. Right. I see what you're saying. So because the Ark itself was, it's kind of, I, I find that ending so weird because I hated it when I was a kid because I was like, why would they do that? That's so dumb. And I kind of understand the point they were making, I think, about like probably for real how our government would treat something like that. But still... I, I just like what was the point then and this kind of goes with that article that i sent you there collider did a great article about the 40th anniversary of raiders of the lost ark talking about this argument that indiana jones is doing anything to the plot not not in those words but that it's him growing as a character you know so like you're not really there to see what happens with the arc, you're kind of there to see the character change. And that's a great point. And that's you know? might that might be why it's such a good movie. Oh my it's gosh. It's such a good character and it's such a good arc and it's like it, it I I mean I do love the movie. I've no complaints other Oh, than, absolutely. Right. Other than and I, and I, even what I said about like being a little bit disappointed that the hero doesn't save the day, it doesn't change my opinion that much. I still like it. It's just like a it's for it's like a minor quibble. Cuz I guess if you look at the other Indiana Jones movies, the Temple of Doom, he clearly saves the day. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Last Crusade wouldn't uh, say, like. I mean, he, finds, he saves his dad. Uh, yeah, he saves his dad. He rekindles his connection ship with his with his father, which is really what he was looking for. He really wasn't looking for the Grail. He was looking for his relationship with his dad. Yeah, you know, it's not like he saved the fourth one. He doesn't really save the world either. It's just that he returns the skull and then it goes. They he leave. saves uh, Abner, right? By doing that. Is that who it was? Oxley. Oxley. Yeah. 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 yeah he kind of saves him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, I think, I think his character arc, like you said, is just so good. Cause he starts off being like, he's trying to get that golden idol. And then he's so disappointed that he didn't get the idol when the 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 army military guys say hey we will we want you to go after the ark he's like yes this is the next thing i can get and then at the end of the movie he realizes i can't look at it we kind of have to let it go yeah kind of thing and that's kind of also goes into uh, last crusade with the the holy grail also where he has to let it go let it fall into the cracks and and just kind of move yeah, on yeah that was interesting cuz almost like the whole time he's like i don't care about the grail about my father but when he was like a finger length away from me, he's like, "Well, I, I'm so close. I might as well." Yeah, exactly. He's like, "I'm gonna try." because yeah. it's right there. And it's you know, the Holy I Grail. You can't blame him. You can't blame. Oh, him not at that. all. And that's what's so good about that movie too, because the whole movie, his dad calls him Junior, but in yeah. that moment, he calls him Indiana. Perfect, right? And that's when Indy's like, "Ah, oh, I," he's, he's talking to me. Yeah, you know, it's so good. I'm sure some people who are listening, if you're if you're fans, uh, you know, the fifth one's being filmed right now, and I'm like super excited. I'm like trying uh, to. F- I am uh, cautiously optimistic. This is the most excited I've been for a movie since probably The Force Awakens. Wow! Yeah, I was super excited for Force Awakens. Like, I don't. I'm trying not to get too excited because I don't know. I'm. I'm. I don't know what they're gonna do. He, he's so old. <laughs> I. But have you seen pictures of him? Because the the director on. on... It, yeah, the pictures that I've seen look so cool. So he, so he's also in like fantastic shape. Like people have seen yeah, him walking around England. He looks phenomenal. And the director on Twitter has been not really going after fans, but t- fans have just been like, "Oh, it's Indiana Jones in the House of Retirement, like that kind of stuff." And and the director's like, "Listen, like we're not doing this just to make money. That's part of it. To I mean, obviously it's a movie. You have to make some kind of money. But he's like, he's he's really in." shape it's not like this old guy with a walker there there were just there were a few scenes in um kingdom of the crystal skull like before they cut to the stunt double where mm-hmm. harrison ford had to do something and it just didn't feel like indiana jones to me because he just seemed like a kind of old guy trying to swing a whip and one thing i will say and people might think that this is blasphemous is i don't think spielberg has been that great doing action for a while i don't i don't think people will be that mad at you for personally like ready player one great action but it's all animated like there's really no big stunt work in that where i i just don't think he's that's why i'm excited to see what james mangold does because i think he could do some really cool stuff using practical and maybe using old indie i don't know he's he's 78 but who knows what he could do was james mangold gonna get us get a star wars movie 
Uh, ooh. What other movies has he done? He did Logan. Okay. Uh, he also did The Wolverine. He did Ford v. Ferrari. And he did Walk the Line, I believe. And he also did uh, 310 to Yuma, which is really good, too. Okay. He's done a lot of these kind of, like, Western-ish feeling movies. Yeah, like, Logan's very it. like that. I'm excited. I think it's going to be okay. When's I, the re- I, does it have a release date? Uh, as of right now, I think it's July of 2022. So we're about a year right. away. So we'll see what happens. I'm uh, Like I said, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be good. Any fun facts you want to add before we head out today? Well, I um, my phone died, uh, so I can't look at my phone. I remember one fun fact, Go kind for of. It. Go for There's it. a scene in one of the Ace Ventura movies. I don't remember which, where he's walking through a party, and he uh, – he pulls the arm of a guy playing cello to make him play the wrong note. Jim Carrey improvised that. That wasn't in the script. Jim Carrey's just oh. like, you know what would be funny? I'll mess with this cello player. And see how he kind of reacts. <laughs> yeah, and he just played the note wrong. And that was it. That kind of stuff's really funny movies because it also is testing those background extras yeah, as actors true. to see how yeah, you I would always, respond to something like that. That's such a good point because I always think about that. Like when you have a great improviser like Jim Carrey, who I assume improvises a ton of stuff. Yeah. But like – what if, if he makes the background actor crack up or like it might be an unusable take? I don't know. They could just redo it, but it, it kind of loses the charm when he does it the first time and you have a surprise and all that. And those people, though, they need to be on their P's and Q's because those people are seen as being easily replaceable. True. So if you're a cello player yeah. who keeps cracking up, yeah. they're just going to say, you're out. We'll bring in another person who's not going to crack up, who we can get through the shots and not have to worry about breaking and character and whatnot. So, huh, that's that's pretty good. I think I don't know a ton about Jim Carrey or him as an actor besides I see him as being a goofy character, but I think he would be very good at improv. It's definitely how he seems. He that's like the scene he came up on. He was on uh In Living Color, which was like an improv show. I'm not sure if it was a Canadian show or not, but he's he's Canadian. And uh it was SNL like with like uh skits and stuff like that. So okay. That's where he like kind of rose up in the comedy world and then I don't know his first – I'm not sure what his first movie role was, but uh, Ace Ventura was one of his first, like, big hits. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he started – he kind of quieted down at the end of the 2000s, and then I feel like in the late 2010s he's kind of been yeah, coming back. Coming we said he was really great in Sonic. Yeah. I know he was in um, – I think he was in Kick-Ass 2. Yeah, but he, he had some issues that. with the with the one because, like, it, it was he like thought it was too violent. Too and violent. It came out yeah. around the time of a big shooting. Yeah, so I was, do you remember that too. Yeah. yeah. He kind of tried to distance himself from that yeah, one. Yeah, he did. I forget what his character's name was, but it was yeah, it was something very violent. Yeah, uh, a couple of fun facts I want to add about uh, Doctor Afra before we head out of here. So I mentioned that Doctor Afra's ship kind of has a uh, Easter egg in terms of dealing uh, involving Indiana Jones. Really, it kind of looked like Boba Fett's ship in the picture. Right? So it kind of does, uh, but the name of the ship is the Ark Angel. Oh, and it is referencing the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, in that in that purpose um so that that's that with dr afra i so think does that mean she's seen indiana jones and is a fan uh ooh, possibly maybe she could she could be an admirer of his work maybe she's interested like in doing. earth fiction <laughs> but wait then that would mean she's reading stuff from the future or just maybe time works differently yeah that's true yeah uh, i think i may have mentioned this i forget if i did but uh she is the first character from the Star Wars universe to get her own comic run that has not been in the films. Does wow, that make sense? Cool. So you have you've had Vader, you've had Poe, you've had all the other characters, Leia Han, whatever, Lando, but she's the first character that has not been in a film or in any live or any adaptation on screen to get her own comic run. Um, which 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 says a lot about the the um, the character's uh, popularity with uh, with the fan base. One thing I want to add about Dr. Aphra is also her identity. She is an openly gay character in the Star Wars universe, which there are some. I know there was there was one in The Rise of Skywalker I remember happening, but I can't remember any other major ones. But um, she is one of the the big uh, characters for, for those who identify with that community. And she has a partner in the comics named Magna Tolvan. Uh, kind of uh, works alongside them going on their uh, their, their missions and whatnot. But um, that is also uh, part of Dr. Aphra. That does allow a lot of people to identify kind of with her because you don't have a lot of characters like that uh, in Star Wars. Also, she the way they have her drawn, she's supposed to be 
and it, lo- it looks Asian American in, in a way as well, so or some kind of Asian background. So uh, I, I was watching an interview with uh, Star Wars Explained, which is a YouTube channel, and they were talking to somebody, and they said like, "This is the type of person who I've always wanted to be represented by in Star Wars," and I've never, I've never had, they've never had that before. So they said that they were really glad that uh, Lucasfilm incorporated a character like that. And like I said, super popular, uh, really long comic run going on, uh, one currently going on also. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with the future of the character. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe maybe a show. Yeah, possibly Disney+. Plus. We'll see what happens. Uh, Chris, is there anything else you want to add before we head out of here today? Nope, nothing to add. Yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Who Would Win in uh rating the for the Ark of the Covenant, we'll say. Dr. Afra from the Star Wars universe going up against Ace Ventura, the pet detective. Uh there's gonna be a poll that you can vote for who you think would win in rating the Lost Ark, and you can find that poll in the show notes, or you can go to whowindcast.com slash vote, where you can click on that link and uh you can Go to the Google form and type in who you think would win, and add some of your own fan fiction to keep this uh, <laughs> to keep this alive. We we love to hear what you guys have to say. So as always, please make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our website whowindcast.com. Subscribe and rate wherever you listen to podcasts, and please continue to participate in our show for the Who Wincast. This has been Steve, and this has been Chris, and we will see you next time. Bye bye. The who, the her. 